0: Welcome to episode one of Feather and Mountain podcast.
1: I am your veteran, very much tainted reader, delusions of Brendel. With me, new to the series, new to the podcasting world, is my good buddy Virgil.
2: I'd love to say longtime listener, but not one bit at all. No, fully <laughs> new to this. So let's see, uh, let's see how this whole shenanigan takes place here.
1: Absolutely. So, again, just to reiterate, my name is Delusions of Brendel. I've been on the fandom for uh, a little bit of time. I'd say since uh, September 2019, I kind of got rolling again with the Wheel of Time fandom. Been in the online community uh, before that for about 20 years, uh, on and off. And um, if you don't know me, welcome and apologies in advance for my somewhat abrasive do you want to give a brief intro to your knowledge of the
2: Wheel of Time? Yeah, a brief would be zero, so it's pretty easy to say brief. I read one article that uh, was sent by uh, by you to me that literally told me nothing about this for the most part, other than it is something. I will 100% say I was a big Game of Thrones person, although not an avid reader. So I'm excited for this. I have absolutely zero opinions going into it, but I am, as you know, very strong opinionated. So it should be very, very interesting and very, very fun for us to do this together.
1: Yeah, speaking of Game of Thrones, why don't you just let the listeners know about uh kind of your history with fantasy in general, um, any exposure that you might have had to other fandoms? <laughs> okay,
2: yeah. So that can be brief as well. Zero. Um Obviously, Game of Thrones was something that I thoroughly enjoyed watching. Uh, past that, though, I am, I guess as an introduction about myself, I'm 100% a rural, small-town guy. i a farmer, born and raised kid. I uh, did not get into a lot of this stuff as a younger child. Didn't have time, was all allowed, apparently. Now, as an adult, I like this stuff. I want to get more into this. Luckily, you're someone that's hardcore into it, so this is going to give me the opportunity and to be part of this Orange fan base that I'm not realizing of people. Maybe I've been up more than I can do we'll, we'll just see how it goes.
1: Yeah, just a just a rural boy who grew up on a dairy farm?
2: Dairy, beef, yeah. All the shenanigans are yep.
1: All the cows.
0: Speaking of cows, how many books do you think you've read?
2: My life, if we count Curious George and all the good ones from my childhood, I would probably say not that many. I'm a I am an avid reader of uh, murder mysteries when I'm flying, so usually a I'll pick Agatha up a, James Patterson, 100%. 100% yeah. Pick them up in the airport, finish him on the plane. That's kind of the way I go past that. Not a lot. So uh, can read, which is exciting, <laughs> but might start doing more after this.
1: <laughs> Perfect. So what you're saying is over the past year with zero pla- plane travel, you've had exactly zero books.
2: I've read no books this year. Yeah, that's really sad. I didn't really realize that, but maybe this will change it.
1: Maybe. Maybe. If you're allowed. Um, okay. So, the Wheel of Time, you've heard me talk about it, you've heard me sing about it, you've heard me scream about it. What do you know about it? Yeah.
2: It's taken up a lot of your time. It's been pretty interesting. You're very dedicated to it, so that makes me excited, because I know you're a passionate person. Uh, I would say... I don't know anything yet. I know it's sci-fi, fantasy, or it's fantasy kind of sci-fi. Is that the right terminology sure, here? Yeah. So I know that there is, from what I read in the one article, it kind of to me it seems a lot like Star Wars, Game of Thrones, and every other thing is kind of mashed into one. And there's a lot of layers to it, and I like that. I like a lot of the side of a lot of layers to it, but um, not a lot. I, I know there's good versus evil,
1: okay, which
2: is a good place to start theme uh, yeah which is that, that's exciting so i can start there at least um i know from you that there's passion involved and like something i haven't probably seen before i mean i'm, I'm, a, I'm an avid sports person but uh, i i haven't been able to be in this side of the passion of this industry it, it really you got a lot of passionate people so
1: yeah i got i got some passion in my pants and i yeah. i ain't afraid to show it show well, it that's 100 back you know? <laughs> <laughs> um so, The Wheel of Time, the epic fantasy series mm-hmm. by Robert Jordan, which was a pen name for James Rigney Jr., who fought yes. in the Vietnam War. You should know that, because we're going to explore some fun war trauma throughout the series. Okay. Uh, he sometimes does trauma well, he sometimes really uh, sucks a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the beginning of every book, and what we're hoping the beginning of the TV show We'll open it, or at least I'm out I'm not gonna speak on behalf of the entire fandom because I haven't yet been voted the fandom mayor. Mm. Fingers crossed, that's coming down the pipe. The wheel of time turns, and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. What does that mean to you?
2: that's the only thing I read. (laughs) So that's good. What does that mean to me? It means there's a lot of complexity to this, that it's not going to be linear by any means. It sounds like there's an inception side to this by far, that it's a layer between a layer. And just when you think you understand where someone is going, you get pulled back to figure out where they came from. So that's kind of what I get out of that. It, it, It means that. Someone may not be a legend now, but previously they would have been, or that they are going to become, is what I get out of that. slogan, so that would be my best guess that I, I spoil myself already. Uh,
1: No, uh, I right am right. going to be channeling um, the podcast host of the Wheel Reads, uh, Alan. Well, who? Uh, you <laughs> oh, you're you're mad
2: at the dusty wheel? Oh, dusty oh, Wheel right, Show. Oh. Our beautiful paper, okay. yes, who is actually in the books? Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. So, All right. just kind of. Um, So, Alan guides two first time readers, uh, Chris and Ian, to their journey. And whenever the first time reader says something that could or could not be a prediction, the response is, Sure.
2: Okay. And that's probably going to be the same for me. I'm going to roll with that.
1: You're not going to give me some... any spoilers. You're going to throw some no interesting much, in
2: there. No matter how much sauce we consume during this, you're not going to give out any spoilers.
1: I hope uh... oh, that no, I will not, but I can make no promise. I will not
2: prod <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> um, so the wheel of time is just that it's the wheel
2: mm-hmm.
1: um there are seven spokes to the wheel of time, and those seven spokes each represent an age. so this story takes place in the third age by some there's no real. It delves into whether or not it's, it's the Third Age a little bit, but for the purposes of this story, it's the Third Age. It begins in the year nine ninety eight New Era. Um, there are, of course, if this is the Third Age, two previous ages. Now there are there is some speculation, and this will be some minor spoilers for the series, just in terms of world building. So if you don't want to know any of the world building stuff, mute your ears. Um, so the first age, speculation is, is that it's our world, right now, that we're living in. Okay. So, right. we time based on Earth as we know it, kind of similar geography, there's an Isle of Madmen. that's just Australia, so it makes sense.
2: Theoretically it was back in
1: the day, yeah. I mean really, it's like what the entire theory is rooted in. Um, so the first age is our world. At some point, that age, there's going to be an end to the first age. We don't know how it happened, we don't know when it happened. Is it tomorrow? Is it, I don't know, 3042? No idea. An age spans approximately three to four thousand years. After the first age comes the second age.
2: Mm-hmm. Could have guessed that, but yeah.
1: Or, as it's referred to in the uh, Wheel of Time, the Age of Legends. This was, this is your. This is where anything is possible. People can fly, people can, you know, world talk, people can explore the galaxy, and anything is possible. There are no diseases because you have people who can channel what is called the One Power. So that is the magic in this universe. Um, I, I think, you know, it probably got discovered at the end of the first age that we're living in, and that's why we move on to the second age. But the One Power, Is divided into Cyadine, Sidar, and Seda. Sidar. There you go. Um, So Cyadine is the male half. Mm -hmm. It's also called the True Source. So it's the male half of the One Power of the True Source. There's also um, Sidar, the female half. Um, So there's. This is where we're going to get into the series where uh, Jordan, who started writing these books in the early '90s, made a very clear gender binary decision with respect to Sayidi and Sayadar. Mm-hmm. And of course today we know that there are more than two genders. Yes. So uh, there's been a lot of speculation in um, amongst the community as to what that means but when it comes to Sayidi and Sayadar. If your soul identifies as female, for example, but you present as male, can you channel side are? Mm-hmm. Because uh, in the second age, With all of this one power, we had male and female channelers working together, creating this beautiful dystopia of, like, it was a paradise. And then, because there's always going to be a caveat to um, humanity existing in in peace, uh, they drilled a bore to the Dark One's prison. Because we have the wheel of time that we talked about with the Seven Spokes. Outside of the wheel exists the creator. Who is God? There's not too much religion in the Wheel of Time. You basically have everyone just believes in the Creator. They understand He exists. There's not a lot of questioning of religion. No, There's not
2: multiple creators. There's one Creator. There's yeah. one
1: Creator. There's no kind of divergent religions. Um, and then you have the Dark One, who's Natsus, who also exists outside the pattern but is bound by it. Right. So, a Creator is the Creator of Life. The Dark One you know, exists and. Uh, is basically trapped. What, uh, happened at the end of the Age of Ness is that they drilled down into the Dark One's prison, searching for a form of power that could be used by both men and women without the divide. So,
2: okay. yeah. Um,
1: because what Jordan did, uh, you're gonna hear a lot of criticism from me, about know, Robert Jordan. It's because I love him. Anymore. I'm used to hearing a lot of
2: criticism <laughs> about everything from you, so it doesn't really. It's not going to change anything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what he's what he's done is um, Robert Jordan decided that Sayidin and Saydar, mm-hmm. uh, the male users who channel Sayidin, are going to have uh, access to more raw power oh. than the
2: females. Yes, this sounds like something written a little ways back. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And
1: but however, the females using Saydar are going have a more um, nuanced approach to the weeds that they use. So mm-hmm. that, that basically level them out. So the dexterity of a Cydar wielder is going to be equal to the raw, unbridled strength of a Cydine user. Um, does that actually play out throughout the series? Maybe.
2: Maybe. I'm actually with you so <laughs> far, so this is good. And I know you have a lot of information that you want to get out. Yeah, that's very quickly. I've asked you multiple times about this before, and you've just gone on hour long rants. Yeah, so (laughs) far I'm here. This is good. I'm actually nervous how many questions you'll have after the first episode already. Yeah, like it's gonna be a lot. Mm -hmm. We'll have to just try and get through
1: the thing. There's gonna be a lot. Um, so what, uh, one of the the people who was um, drilling into the bore, she was searching for access to a power source that could be channeled equally by women. Yeah. Basically, I'm going to call it a search for equality, which, as we all know, is fruitless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what that did was unleash the Dark One, gave uh, rise to kind of uh, a long, long-standing war, um, sides were chosen, enter lose, Theron Telemon, the Dragon
2: as he was called. Yeah, read about, like, read that there is the dragon, so... Yes.
1: Anyway. He was a man. A dragon man. I'm a dozen. Sure! <laughs> 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 um, Luz Theron comes up and he's like, Hey! I'm douchey and awesome. I'm the Tamerlan. I'm the wielder of the nine rings of dominion.
2: And I just want to be clear, there's no bias to anything you're saying. No, to not at know. all. Like, Big just, fan of Luz clues. Yeah. okay. Go yeah. ahead. I, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, got some feels. We'll get into those. Yeah. You get it. Um, so, Lose Clues it leads the army of the light. Um, a man by the name of Ashamael or Elan Warren is his nemesis, his counterpart. Oh, card. Yeah. Um, is what he goes by. Betrayer of Hope. Because pre Or Lose Clues and Ishi, Used to be super friends. Not so much. Now, no longer buddies. So um, they get into. He leads the armies of the um, the shadow. It's called, and then we've got the light. You know, clash, clash, clash. There's. I don't have to
2: pick a side already. Doing. Uh, I
1: mean, that's up to you. I don't have to go in. Yes. If you, you will know,
2: pick the opposite of you just because it's kind of.
1: Absolutely. Okay. I like. I, I like great. where this is going. Um, just so you know, the the name that my handle is, yep. um, I do serve the shadow. Mmm. see so you're dark already. I in mean, the shadow, yeah. Yeah. It's good to know. Good to know. So to know. I guess you're going to be the, uh, the Luke Skywalker of this podcast. No.
2: Unless Han is available. No qualms okay. or morals. Or know. unless Chewie's available. Or literally everyone else. Anyone else except no, Luke Kev- If yeah. he's available, though, I will take him. So, that's good. Perfect. Love it. Um, so... Uh, they, they
0: they feud and of course because this is fantasy or at least in the age of
1: legends and we're in the third age so the world doesn't end. Lou's Clues is going to save the day, right? Mm-hmm. How does he do that? Well, he marches on down to Shale Ghoul, which is where the Dark One hangs out, and he brings with him ninety nine other men. Good. Or a hundred. It's, it's loose Baron and like a hundred companions. Um and he he tried to, you know, have a meeting with um the other Eyes Sedai, uh, which are the, the power users at this point of Saidin and Saidar, and tries to have a convo with them. and all of the females are like, You are dumb. You are so dumb. You are the dumbest person I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Latra, specifically, who is kind of his opposing foe on the, uh, the female Isidai uh, perspective. So Latra's like, you're an idiot, we're not doing this. And he was like, well, I'm just going to take my dude bros, and we're going to go seal the prison then, and the world will be saved. Catch you later. So lose clues, hundred companions, off they march to Shale ghoul They start wielding only one half. Of the true souls, only Saeed. That's all they have access to, and they do manage to slightly close the board, most of it. However, the Dark One lashes back, and what does he do? He taints the male half of Saeed. I need you to focus on that word. Taint. Taint. Interesting choice, but I can go with it. Yeah. Do you know? Throughout the series, I actually want someone to do a um, control F throughout uh, the books. Please do a control F throughout the books, and if someone can get me um, the number of times that Taint is referenced, I will buy you a Wheel Reads mug um, from their merch site. So, challenge accepted, Discord, this one's for you. Uh, so, yeah, it's called
2: Taint. okay, so, uh, yeah, I'm here. I okay, get yeah. The mail house, yeah, uh, the true source. Thank you much what you so far.
1: Um so that what that means is when the when the male half is tainted, it means that instantly Luz Theron and his hundred companions go crazy. Instantly. hmm Um So the the prologue of Eye of the World, we're watching Luz Theron walk around his house calling for his wife,
2: Ilyena. Ilyena. Ilyena! Give it a roll. Ilyena. More passion.
1: <sighs> I don't have any yet.
2: We'll get there, You'll get there
1: We'll get
2: there. We'll get there. Go
1: on. So Screaming for a girl
2: o nam You're giving a lot of other people a big recap here, which is nice. I know. <laughs> There's a lot of people that are just realizing. Yeah, I, I read this much that there is a lot of books and uh, 896 pages per book, so
1: around that, yeah. Yeah.
2: So, and someone has just come back to you with the uh, the taint mention, so that's nice. Do
1: we have taint talk?
2: Is just how taint? I thought I'd talk about my Friday. Yeah. You know, how many times taint has said? Welcome
1: day. to Taint Talk. So it's Fresh Prince of well, Ravens, so. who is set in 15 books. to get.
0: 211 mentions of taint.
1: Yeah. So, Fresh Prince
0: is gonna get a nice
1: little
2: wheel reads mud. Yeah, Fairlax couldn't have said it better. That's a lot of taint. So, <laughs> that's, uh, that's well said.
1: Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, men are going crazy. We get into Lou's clue's head. And he's screaming, Ogana, oh, Ogana. He also has children. We never know how many children he has. We know okay. he has multiple boys and girls. How many? He doesn't give a fuck about them. Maybe he only maybe wants maybe to know. we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He only wants to know where his gorilla Yena is. So, enter Elon Warren Tendroni, a.k.a. Fishy Ishy. I
2: was going to say, I don't know the answer. Know me. Okay, yeah, yeah. Betrayer
1: of hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fishy So, Fishy Ishy. He comes in, and he's like, "Lose." like, I've won again. And lose is like, no, who are you? Can't remember anything. Elon gets hey he's like you know me you know me you know what I'll tell you what I'm just gonna cure you of your madness for a hot second so he cures him using the true power mm-hmm. which is different than the true source and still so accesses the true power cures lose clues of his madness temporarily what does lu baron realize I'm not going to be able to guess that but you can tell me so can go ahead know. He has killed his entire family. He's killed all of the servants, mm-hmm. including Drew. He has smashed Baize on, Baize on, bays on, Baize on, bays. Everything's destroyed. Killed Bill and his son, Hair. Get the fuck out, girl. You dead now. Mm-hmm. Killed his children, but we don't actually care.
2: We yeah. don't know how many there were, so it didn't, yeah, was We it, don't know how big of an issue that was.
1: Yeah, maybe ripped them in two. We don't know.
2: Double his, yeah, go ahead.
1: Um, and uh Lewis Theron upon realizing what he has done. Um which uh I mean this is an understandable response, he basically uh dick mouths himself. Sorry. He gets so angry mm-hmm. and so sad, he gets into his big mad and his big sads, and then draws on so much of the one power and like flees travels to a different place, draws on so much of the one power that he creates a mountain of himself. Okay. Yeah. Which is, you know, a logical reaction. Yeah. Now, I call it Dick Mountain because, you know, 3,000 years go by. Yeah. And that's when our story picks up.
2: Dick Mountain's probably still there.
1: Dick Mountain is absolutely Mm -hmm. still there, and you need to know that there is a... um, an, uh, an island where the Aes Sedai, who are now only female power-wielders, mm-hmm. um, because all the men go crazy, because of taint.
2: Yeah, I was worried that, so the two trigger words so far are definitely not where I thought this was going, but,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, to each mm-hmm. their own, and no qualms, no judgment, or anything along those lines, but yeah.
1: keep going. So, uh, now 3,000 years in the future, only, um, the only Aes Sedai, the power-wielders, uh, they can only be women because all men who channel go crazy and they must be gentle.
2: Okay, yep.
1: So, uh, the the island where these power builders live is called Tarvalon. Is Tarvalon in the shape of a vagina? There's
2: a trend here.
1: Yep.
2: Big old trend here. Okay. At least I'm following along. Here. You've got my captivity definitely up, so.
1: Yeah, so an island of predominantly female, powerful channelers yeah. is shaped like a vagina. Yeah. There's a North Harbor, which is very difficult for men to find.
2: Yeah, and yeah, a yeah.
1: In the south, south Harbor. You get where this is going.
2: Dick, I'm going to let you take us on that journey. I'll
1: Dick Mountain. Yeah. Dick Mountain's shadow. Penetrates.
2: penetrates it. Oh, lucky. Okay. All
1: right.
2: So. Uh, did I, I did I ask for a rating of what this show is before we started? Oh, uh, we're did we're I... full vulgar. Yes. We're talking yeah, vulgus, okay. so
1: we 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 are with the vulgar train.
2: Okay. Yeah. So maybe I should ask what section of the library I find this in, because there is like a certain back section
1: to certain libraries. Is it behind the
2: curtain? Maybe. The nice curtain. Yeah, I don't think probably in bell, It's <laughs> something that they can <laughs> wash <but>
1: Anyways, <laughs> shower. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, vagina island, dick mountain. Now, now
2: you're there. Just um, where I wanted to be. Yep. Go ahead. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so that's in a very long and convoluted sense, But the wheel of time is. We've touched on a few themes, and we will absolutely have more episodes that kind of delve into uh, some of those themes more deeply for first time viewers, and uh, maybe for readers who might need a recap. Now, with all of this talk of dicks and vaginas, you probably want to know, who are the protagonists?
2: That was going to be, yeah, I didn't know where the segue was going, but so far, it's, uh, you're, you're nailing it. So, yeah, I, it was my first question, who are the uh, protagonists? I'm
1: right. Sure. So, we pick up the story 3,000 years yep. after the formation of, uh, old DM, um, in a little village called Emmonsfield. Okay. Which is located. I'm just going to call it a county because that's easy. Yep. Located in the county of Two Rivers. Good enough. Uh and we we pick up with a man by uh, or a boy by the name of Randall Thor. He's around 19 years old.
2: I did see the Thor thing. Earlier mm. okay. It's easier to remember.
1: The Thor. Yeah. Uh, so Randall Thor is. Um, well, I mean, he's six foot six. He is a flaming ginger haired chap, um, has blue-gray eyes, and is a little bit objectively super
2: hot. It's, it's kind of like Thor. Yeah. Okay. Red I don't hair think there's ever been, instead
1: like, of Thor. Yeah, and I don't
2: want to pull book on book or story on story. I really don't think there's ever been Thor the Tugly at any point in time. That name is yeah. kind of, it's a good name maybe to name your child because you just get Thor right off the hop so it's kind of good, beautiful. Anyways, keep going.
1: Um, this is what I'm saying. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we can just call, like, I like to call him Randall Thor. Randy Thorpe. Yeah, him. Rand.
2: Randy? Rand, yeah. Rand. Rand.
1: Rand.
2: Rand.
1: I mean, Rand is, we can have Rand.
2: Rand is, yeah. The
1: White Sneakers. Oh, he I was, like them. good practical 2 rivers boots.
2: I like, I like them more now. Okay. So keep um, going? So
1: Rand with the White Sneakers. Um, so we have Randall Thorpe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, who is in love or believes itself to be in love, because remember he's nineteen with a uh, young woman by the name of Egwene Alvier.
2: Way harder to remember that one. Uh, You
1: can call her Eggs, Eggalicious, Expeditious.
2: Eggalicious is probably Thorn Eggs. Okay. okay.
1: We We can get away from that. I think
2: someone said in the chat that we've gotten to the PG lab. So we'll just stay there for a little bit, I guess. So, Eggs and Thor.
1: Eggs and Thor. Mm -hmm. Um, So Egwene Alvier, who is... uh, She's around 17 or 18 at the time, and she is. She's just had her hair braided. Yes. Which means in the Two Rivers and it's the field that you are a woman now. Being able to braid hair. great hair, it's a
2: natural womanhood. It's a sign of womanhood. womanhood. All right,
1: keep mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Uh Fun fact: Egwene is actually the youngest woman in the Two Rivers
2: to recover. So you describe Thor as a six foot six ginger with these beautiful dark eyes. They describe Eggsy. We yeah.
1: don't actually get a full description of um, Egalicious in the books. What so. we know is that she is short, slim, dark eyed, dark haired, likely dark skinned because Emmonsfield typically have a darker skin cast, whereas our, our good boy Randy is, of course, a pasty ginger. So his his skin stands out a little bit, but not too much. Most people comment on his eye colour more than anything because he's the only person in Emmett's field who has like those grey blue eyes. Okay. His skin is not really brought up that much, and that's important because um racism with the casting. Probably
2: another trigger for you well, there. Well, on that, we'll put that. we we'll parking lot. that item. Yeah,
1: these, are,
2: that's, these are broad okay, strokes. So we got, We're
1: not going to go down into the cesspool that is 10% of fandom. Yeah, no, we'll uh, touch on that later we'll on. We'll come back to it when I circle around. More heated. Lucky. Yeah, so, for you.
2: So please continue. I've got a good picture so far. I think I'm about 30% with you, but that's actually more than I thought I was going to be. I mean, so, so far, so good. Yeah, i going really to well. call that a I'm, I'm reluctantly, a lot of the trigger words were hard to forget, obviously. And I say that with reluctance, not that I don't want to know, but they maybe weren't what I was going for. I'll just need them to live in your head. But when I see them as I watch the show, I'm worried. Someone actually said in the chat, that might be a letdown. They might not go full down.
1: They might not go full tame.
2: They might not go full tank. Yeah. They might not go full I don't know.
1: I mean, are they going to call it Scrokes?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I uh, yeah. I guess time will tell. He's so anyways. To... So
1: a Randolph or a Gwena beer, Randy, Eggalicious. And then from there we meet a chap by the name of Matron Coffin. Matty Coffin. It's really important to me that you know he only has one T in his name. Okay. I feel Steal, personally... I
2: feel trapped on
1: I feel nope. personally attacked when people call him Matt with two T's.
2: Wouldn't it be Matty
1: then? Matty with one T. Okay, go on. You get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matrim Coffin, who, when we first meet him, is a jovial bloke who wants to unleash a badger on the grave. We learn that he is covered with a history. badger. a badger? yeah. Okay. wants to put it in a sack. Yep, it's a terrible um, thing to Unleash it into yep. the village grave.
2: Badgers are usually one of the worst things in the world,
1: yep. Matt is also 19. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah,
1: he's around 5'10", 5'11". Um... And uh, so, so quite a bit shorter than, than Rand, but you know, not a short guy by today's standards. Um, and uh, again, darker hair, darker eye. That's all we know about our, our good buddy Matt in terms of physical description. Mattram also uh, recently um, put flour on Mistress Muhan's dogs and released them into her house because he thought that would be hilarious.
2: I mean, I, right. I 100% find the, the humor in that. Yeah. And I should clarify that badgers aren't terrible things, they're just terrifying things. Right. If they're in a sack I and they're guess. being brought over to you, like, not not really number one on my Christmas list right now. So, anyways, the flower dog thing, I'm putting that one in the bank for, yeah, I call that, for the birds,
1: uh, yeah. And we do have Fogo with us who, of course, uh, your porch animal
2: Yeah, if anyone can hear a weird noise, my dog is currently chewing out a bone on the floor right now. So, uh, that is a weird crunching noise, but yes.
1: Yes, yeah, so she look magnificent with a bag of flowers. On her. All over her.
2: Yeah, and then i send her into this house. Please continue. Away we go. Away we go. So we've
1: got uh Rand Alcore, A Glain Albier, Matram Coffin, and then who do we meet next? You know what, we're gonna introduce uh a chap by the name of Perrin Avera, who you can also refer to as Dorito Perrin. Because uh, Perrin A. is a blacksmith apprentice, so all we hear about Perrin is how wide his shoulders are, how muscular his um, arms are. We never hear about his legs, which means he always skips leg day.
2: Okay, so I got Perrin.
1: Dorito. Yeah. Um, And again, Perrin, we know he has curly brown hair, we know he has dark eyes.
2: That's all we know about our, our good boy Perry. an image. I got an image. Dark in the room, built like a Dorito. Doing his blacksmith thing.
1: Blacksmith in the yeah. way. Um, and I don't have a lot to say about Perrin, and that shouldn't surprise you, um, the more we get into this.
2: Poor parking lot that one.
1: Perrin uh, is... how do I... Perrin is the boy who will always say... Oh, no! Are you sure? Back. Do you really want to put the badger in the sack? He's like the Eeyore of the show? Like, like, I think of him as the Eeyore of the show. A lot of people really identify with him because he's also tall. think he's six foot four in the books.
2: So the men are big, right? The men are big. Yeah. So
1: Robert Hurley is also six foot seven. So like in oh,
2: okay. So they're big, actually small compared to him. Yeah.
1: Um, so Perrine Vera in the books, six foot four, um, but very careful with his movements doesn't like to use his size intimidating, uh, thinks things through very carefully because he doesn't want, um, you know, to come across as this big lumbering bloke who's going to physically intimidate He's very, uh, he's an empath. He's very sensitive to others. Um you
2: go? Know? I hate him.
1: Okay, we'll find out more. Well, like, I'm like I'm safe. I I don't love book parents. I'm open to TV show parents. Okay. And then finally, to cap off what we're going to refer to here on out as the Emmons Guild 5, we have my girl, 90 fucking Elmira.
2: I can see how much you got excited over that person, so this is someone I should pay attention to, this okay. Is, this is, but my, this is I'm trying to figure who I'm going to identify with. Um, not a lot of strong supporters for me so far, but, uh... You can keep going and maybe I'll we'll
1: grab somebody down the road here. Um, so Nenea Mira again, she's described as, uh, not just similar from the queen. She is short, dark hair, all, like, has a very long braid that she constantly tugs, um, dark eyes. Carries around with her a thumping stick. She is the village wisdom. That means that she is basically their healer. She can tell the weather. She knows when it's going to be, um... Uh, you know, if we're in for some some rain, she's like their, um, what the forecast now. She's the news? Yep. Okay. And But with a stick. And uh if you try to pull any, you know, like, deep-seated or not even, like, thinly veiled misogynistic bullshit, you get thumped by the stick. This is the way. Um, so Naive is a few years older. Then the rest of the crew, uh, should also mention parents on the team. Naive, uh, sits around 24 years old for the first year. So she's got, she's got about five years on the boys. Um, doesn't look at though. Oh my gosh, if we could talk about how young she looks for days! Such a young, youthful looking woman. Uh, so those are the MSGL five. Rand, Matt, Perrin, Egwene, Naive. Love. Uh, into the two rivers walk. Uh, there's two strangers, the Lady Moraine and um, Master Lan. And Moraine is again a short woman uh, with, and she's she's uh, described as dark eyes, dark hair, and she has a blue stone in the middle. As long as I
2: identify her.
1: Pretty quickly, um, and and Lan is uh, unsurprisingly. A very tall man with a, and, um, a stone face, and, um, stone face. he's tall, he's muscular, and he doesn't smile a lot, and that's Lan. Uh, so Moraine and Lan is all we really get from these two people when we first meet them. Uh, Moraine calls an angry child, which sets her off. And that's it. That's the context that I'm going to give you.
2: That, that was it? That, that was, was it. a small amount of... Inter- whoop, I, wow, I thought it was going to be way more.
1: Really cram like, it in. really
2: excited for the quiz.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Moraine yeah. and Lan are the additions to the MX field. Five, who are the young guns, and then we have these two strangers. So, that is all I think that we're going to go into in terms of setting the characters for the series.
2: I like how visual you got with a lot of it. Yeah. It'll and make we'll, the identifiers so much easier. We'll
1: go through pictures and stuff and we'll we'll um, we'll share images and we'll go through the casting and I'm gonna see if you can you can guess who everyone is based on this conversation today. Yeah. Moving from the who, we're gonna go into the why. Why do we care about the story? So based on what I've told because I feel like I've been talking for a long time, um, my good buddy Burge why do you care, or what has you invested in this story so far, aside from tape?
2: Yeah, aside from those things, the biggest thing I've invested so far is, I can, uh, your passion is probably number one. I, I've known you for a long time, I know when you hate something, usually there's a decent reason behind it, or if you love something, there's usually a intricate reason behind it sometimes, so... I'd say that that is probably the biggest thing. So, a lot of these characters, you've really laid up the ones that you like, and you've really beaten down the ones that you didn't like. So, and you know me, I'll have my own opinion. So, um, it's going to be pretty fun to see those. And when you show me the pictures, it's going to be fun to see if any of that is. I obviously can tell that you find Thor potentially is a great human being on uh, looks generally or anything. He might have a great ass.
1: There could
2: be. There
1: might be a movie that is just his
2: ass. Yeah, there's an absolute chance that that's a thing. Um, Yeah, then there's a million other characters here that you said, but, yeah, I'd say my excitement is your excitement, and that's why I decided to do this with you, obviously. So, yeah, show me the people next week, and let's see, or next time, or whatever
1: that is. Get into it. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of, like, why, like, speaking to my passion, why I care about this story, um, you know know what I do for a living? I deal with a lot of people. Uh, You deal with a lot of people.
2: (laughs) We both deal with people <laughs> for a living, yeah. You
1: know. Both have to interact.
2: Both oh, at us, yeah. So, and, so we're unplugging. So that's what you're getting me into. Yeah, we're unplugging from this, Woo! and we're going into maybe almost more complexity somehow. Exactly. The other one. Okay.
1: And like, one thing that we can find, like that, is common amongst all people is that there's no person who is truly good, and there's no person who is truly evil. We are all fit and shape, right, if not one
2: yep one hundred percent um
1: so the the nuance and that's what I love about this world that's why we care about it. It's not just um it's not just you know Luke Skywalker and emperor Palpatine. It is a world based on good people who might do bad things and bad people who actually might not be that bad um, it's about motivation, it's about um passion it's about love it is you know frauds. Broad strokes, good versus evil, but who is good and who is evil is not such an easy category to fit, you know, friends and family into.
2: And as a newcomer, it's both the twists along the way. What I'm getting well, out of this is I'm going to be looking straight down what I think is the right corridor, and the next episode or the next show or the next clip or whatever is going to take me somewhere that I didn't understand that was even a possibility at that point in
1: time. I mean. So
2: I can't predict anything as long as there's no spoilers or anything like that that ever happens. Predictions are going to be nearly impossible. So.
1: I would like to hope so. Part of part of Jordan's genius is that he does lay some pretty good tracks for foreshadowing. Um, the yeah. reason that this is one of the most re-readable series, I think, ever, um, is because when you go back and you see just how carefully he laid, um, yeah. you know, the clues along the way, you really appreciate the genius of the work, and you say, "Why oh, didn't I pick that up my first go around? How did I not see that?" Or, in the alternative, if you're one of the amazing First Time Reader podcasts that you have and you're slowing this down, you're not reading it, you know, at at a max speed, um, you have some more time to savor these clues and to really dwell on them. So I'm hopeful that the show really emphasizes that and does play some of the very delicate foreshadowing that Jordan puts out there. And I'm curious to see when we actually do get the first uh, season. Um. Just how much you're able to pick up on from like the nuance that's put into the script.
2: So I gotta I gotta ask you about the first season a little bit that's coming out. Your intensity, your passion into this, are you gonna be able to temper that back? And how do you feel like if there's things that are amiss, you've been so driven into this, obviously there's a lot of people that are really into this and this is a, this is a huge passion, a huge following. If something's amiss, how rotted are you gonna be? how much you going to be like, here was a good opportunity that they let pass by. Right.
1: So that's like a really good question because um, I, I'm just going to give a just general advisory warning. Okay. If you are a fan of the books, who mm-hmm. only wants this series, the TV show, to reflect what is in the books, you can just go ahead and get the fuck out right now. Um, just thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you know, give us a five-star rating and uh, and you know we'll, we'll, we'll see you on the other side. Um, I'm a fan of these books, but I have a lot of thoughts and criticisms about how they were written because they were written by a cis white hetero male in the nineteen
2: nineties. Here's a can. Here's what I've opened. Yeah. So I'm, now we're, um, we're, yeah. we're we're rolling. Luckily we don't have anyone here for our next drink, otherwise <laughs> no. this will be
1: pretty fast. We can we can take a pause I and mean, we can grab the growler and refill for um Beb too. Well, you can um, keep going,
2: I can go get it.
1: Uh So basically, um, Jordan did a lot of things right. He did get pretty progressive. He had some progressive thoughts, but he also really fucked some stuff up along the way. In your opinion. In my opinion. And maybe a lot of
2: people's opinion. Yes. I'm excited to have that opinion myself.
1: Yes. I think I
2: probably will. You and I are usually similar on page. uh, I just um, like calling you out on a lot of things and you like calling me out on a lot.
1: So we roll. Um, so, for example, I have an issue. We've kind of already touched on it with the binary dynamic. Yes. Of yep. the yep. one power. Well, that is, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. Um, yeah, we're on the same level now. Yes, and uh, LGBTQ two plus representation in the show as well. Yep. Um, Jordan had a habit of, um, you know, ma- basically making it like. You know, prison sex, for lack of a better term, where like it, what happens in one location, you can be gay there, but then actually you're, you're still a heterosexual, you still identify as heterosexual and you, you know, you only dally in the gay if you have no other choice and your hormones are pushing you. I admit you that. Um, and, uh, and there is some pretty, there was an attempt at transgender representation that, um, didn't go so great. So, um the showrunner, uh Rafe Judkins, who was also on Survivor. Okay. Very fun. Mm-hmm. He did really great. Right. Um uh, but Rafe Judkins uh is gay and he's the showrunner. And so we're gonna go through some of like we'll have an episode where Rafe's tweets of all time. My personal favorite I'm just gonna touch on is basically when he said, Oh if you don't like gay, guess he's on the show. Boom! Your favorite character? Gay now.
2: That's good, that's good. Um, that's bringing it forward. It's coming. Yeah, that's what it should be doing, right? Yeah.
1: The more, I like that. The more DMs I get about how much you hate gays, next character, gay. This is where we're going. Um, so, I really love him, really love his vision. He has also tweeted out, um, uh, not just, um, you know, the gay pride flag, but also the transgender pride flag. In his tweets, so I think that there is going to be some really positive representation moving forward, and to kind of get back full circle to your, your question about am I going to be someone who's nitpicking the series, I will find things to criticize, absolutely, but I'm going to be very open to changes that are made along the way. We'll just have to see what they are, and agree with them.
2: Yeah, no, I, well I mean... For anybody that, obviously a lot of people don't know you outside of this, you approach this with all of your life, so it's pretty simple that uh, this was going to be how it was going to be, so (laughs) that's fine. But, uh, yeah, no, that makes me excited. Obviously, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the first one to drop and to see who exactly all the people are that are in the show that I may or may not know.
1: Yeah. So, we're going to end today's episode, now that we know... Who, What, When, Where, Why, and How, which is a, a series being produced on Amazon Prime. There's been eight episodes in the first season. These are, this is the first photo that we got. Um, Dawn girl, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to touch on all of these beautiful, amazing humans next week.
2: Do I get to research this, or do I have to come in blind again? You're coming in,
1: you're coming in blind.
2: Every episode.
1: Unless like we have homework
2: and stuff. Maybe okay. I'll maybe I'll just come in with some questions. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I don't have it. Uh, uh, so uh we like we're gonna we're gonna touch on all of these lovely, lovely humans. We're gonna go into this a little bit more. Uh next week is the character quote unquote deep dive because we're actually not going that deep. We're just skipping the surface. We are not getting into the That universe. wasn't deep. No. Oh wow. That's still very lovely. Maybe I won't drink next episode. <laughs> <laughs> um so, i about to say, um, I would like to have a segment called Virgil's Quergils," where you throw some questions at me, or things that you're thinking of, or thoughts, or anything that's been brought up in the chat that you're um, looking forward to, or that you want to know more about.
2: All right, yeah. So, I'm going to start off with a very, very, very simple one that I'm sure you're going to answer. Uh, who's your most hated character of the whole show? And you can only choose one right now, and you don't get to tell me why.
1: The, my most hated character? Yeah. Um are we talking books or show books sorry sure. okay all right. uh second question,
2: will I get more happiness or sadness or confusion out of the show? Yes all right uh third question, let me see if anyone had any other in the chat here that thank you to everyone that was. Helping me keep up with all of the uh, people in the show, I will one hundred percent study that. Or especially with the uh, ones like Matt likes to play with badgers. Fantastic. <laughs> hard, hard to forget that. Now. Okay. Um, how many shows do you think it would take the average person that has not read the book to get into the show? And I know that that's hard because the show's not done yet. But just based on the storyline that you're guessing that they're going to go with, how long? Like, you know, like I've watched, obviously, The Witcher and Game of Thrones and a lot of these types of shows. How long until you think that you have a grasp on it? I mean, Game of Thrones is one of those ones where it was every episode, it was a new person being introduced almost. And I feel like this is going to have a similar vibe to it in that sense. There's so many people. Because what I read in that one article, I mean, there's thousands of characters, basically, right? Over so,
1: 2700.
2: Yes, fantastic. So how long does it take to somebody to get sucked in, you think? And I know we don't know the show yet, but just judging by
1: um, so honestly, like the books, I, um, I usually say get to chapter six and I think it'll be good for Eye of the World. Some people don't buy that. And then I say, okay, well, that's fine. just read till book four. So once you, you know,
2: 896 pages on average That's right.
1: Book. So once you read 3,000 mm-hmm. pages, then you're hooked. Um, but I, I I truly think, like my, my biggest hope for this series is that people get hooked at the end of the first episode. Yeah, cliffhanger okay. for sure better be something. There's I think there's gonna be some big stuff that happens in the first episode because there's certainly some big stuff that happens at the beginning of the show. Uh or uh, sorry, at the beginning of the book, The Eye of the World. Um so I'm I'm hopeful that it's gonna be the first episode, but I would encourage anyone to give it, you know, the standard three episode watch before forming an opinion.
2: So, I like that. Three episodes it's fine. I'm, I'm obviously I'm in for the whole thing.
1: Yeah. So in. I'm coming
2: in so ridiculously easy watching the shows, (laughs) (laughs) not reading all the books. That being said, I'm not going to rule out. I'm not going to say I will, but probably I'll be invested enough to have to read all the books after this, which will be a fun little uh, little treat for me. So excited! Hope you got quarantines done so that isn't one. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll read it somewhere nice.
1: We could we could be back here in 2025 and nothing is different. (laughs)
2: Never stop. no. All right.
1: COVID two electric Google
2: Well, those are the questions I have right now there's a lot to absorb you did very good I, you always level things very nicely for me i'm sure everyone else appreciates that you, you know with nicknames and whatnot i'm a hundred percent hockey guy so it's nickname after nickname for me
1: so your takeaways from what we talked about today three takeaways what do you got
2: uh matt and the badger Yep. um four is gorgeous Yep. uh i got, I got four because i'm okay. I, I was gonna go with characters but, oh no i just go three so um the naming convention of certain locations is potentially not what I expected.
1: Genitalia based.
2: That would be another way to put it and that is probably better said, yeah, but um yeah. Perfect. So that would be my three biggest takeaways. There's a lot of people if there's twenty seven hundred characters and we covered roughly twenty. <laughs> so We covered uh, seven. Seven? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's haunting. Okay. Well, I'll put the brain on Ultra Max next time and uh see what we can get. But yeah, I'm excited for this. This is good. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: All right, guys, this was, uh, episode one, of Feather and Mountain Podcast. We can be found, uh, everywhere. You can email us at featherandmountainpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at featherandmountainpod. Um, find us on Discord in the Wheel Reads Discord server. We have a little nook at the bottom, which is super cute. Thank you, Alan. Um, and yeah, if you ever need to get in touch, um, just use any of those mediums, uh, Discord, Twitter, uh, or email. And if you have any hate mail, you can send it to I don't give a fuck at um com. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks. This is <laughs> fun.
2: See you, everyone. All right, bye.
0: This has been the inaugural recording of Feather and Mountain podcast. Thank you, friends, so much for listening. We look forward to seeing you on the Discord. I promise the audio will be better for next episode. Uh, Please leave any comments, questions, concerns, ideas in Discord or by email or tweet us. Music by the incredibly talented Ivan Dutch off of his uh, free library. You can find that in our show notes. This album is called Two Rivers Tales. Uh, Please listen and enjoy. See you soon.